Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. With your host, Andrew Donaldson, this is Herd Tell. Ah, welcome back to Her Tell. Okay, she was not nice to me off air on email. She's like, are you sure you want to talk about this again? I'm like, no, but we have to because y'all keep doing it up there. Our friend who covers Alaska, Alaska Policy Institute, a whole lot of other stuff, although she's physically sitting in Montana. Well, you just pick like the most beautiful states to hang out in. It's amazing. Sarah Montabano is back on the program again. How are you, my friend? I'm doing well. How about yourself? I'm doing better than y'all's ranked choice voting. What is going on? You, you and your spectator piece, we've linked to it. Uh, you just come right out and call it the shambles that it is here. Uh, I'll use your verbiage. Uh, Alaska's ranked choice voting was a fiasco. And the places like Nevada should take note. We've gone over this a little bit. So let's, let's just start with the big picture part of this. The uh, Is it an idea problem or was it an execution problem or some ratio thereof? This is definitely a structural problem with ranked choice voting. Um, you know, fair vote and progressive cheerleaders like those organizations, um, they say that it mitigates vote splitting, uh, minimizes strategic voting, and even reduces political polarization. Uh, but the truth is that all of these things are baked into the process, and I think it makes it a lot worse than a single vote system. Now, part of the problem here was you had, of course, um, the long-term congressman died in the middle of this. So you have back-to-back elections for the same seat, which really confused everybody on a lot of levels. You've also talked about just physically here, the way the ballot was laid out was kind of a mess. The fact that you're voting on, you know, to fill the seat and then you're turning around and voting for the longer term, basically at the same time with a couple weeks difference. Just the mechanics of this thing got really messed up. And I know people want to talk about the political theory and ranked choice voting and the pros and cons of it. Just the basics of filling out the ballot and getting it in people's hands to vote. That's the simple part of this that really seemed to fail and break down before you get to any of the theory, right? Absolutely. Yeah, it was extremely confusing, I think, for a lot of people. And what's worse is that on August 16th, the general election for the special race for House uh, was on the backside of the ballot, which had all the primary elections, which were choose one for November that were coming up on here. Um, so this whole special election situation was a, a really odd first test of ranked choice voting in Alaska. Uh, and that was complicated by Al Gross, the nonpartisan candidate who got the third most votes in the primary. He dropped out. And so there were only three candidates on the uh, special election ballot rather than uh, four. So it was really interesting. Uh, just logistically, there were a lot of wrenches thrown in this time around. Yeah. Now, on the political side of this, of course, the big name was Sarah Palin trying to do 
a comeback. Al Gross is known from the last cycle. We'll set him aside for the minute. Mary Poltola is the one who came out of this thing. She came out even stronger in the second part of the voting. So she seems pretty secure now. Democrat. Now, Alaska has always been a little, let's just be fair. Y- y'all a little weird politically uh, for good reason. It's just different up there. Mm-hmm. What does people want to draw this out and make, th- is there really a lesson to learn here? Or is this something that's going to be unique to not just Alaska being a little bit different, but also the chaos of this election on top of it? How strong of a candidate is she really? Is she going to have staying power when they kind of figure this out and we have a more quote unquote normal election, whatever that means here in two years when she comes up again? Yeah, so she's actually on the ballot this November, and we're basically rerunning the same House race uh, with the fourth uh, candidate being Libertarian Chris Bai. Um, so we're looking again at Palin, Begich, Peltola, and Bai. And, you know, the early polling says Peltola's, you know, getting, you know, 45% or so of first choice votes. And then, you know, that Chris Bai, he might be knocked out first. His votes will get split uh, probably mostly to Peltola, and that almost gets her to where she needs to be for a majority. Um, So I think, you know, she really wasn't well known in Alaska before uh, she was, you know, put up on this this election, this early special election ballot. Um, And I think people really rallied behind her, especially because Gross dropped out and he endorsed her and he's now running again in November. So that's that's a big part of it. I think Uh, she'll be able to perhaps keep her seat, which is going to be odd to have a Democratic representative from Alaska. But we've always been a little independent minded. Speaking of independent minded, you got a quasi independent senator who ducked into this race in the last few days. Uh, Lisa Murkowski, who's always been a little bit of an odd duck politically. Of course, again, it's Alaska. It's just different. Um, Of course, we know she's had her fights. She's very much a centrist in whatever way you want to define that word. She basically came out and endorsed Patola. And they seem to be working. They have at least some kind of a public communication relationship, whether it's for their own good or their own political purposes or whatever. This is a real thing. They, They have talked. They came out publicly. What does that do to this race and what does that do going forward for both of them? Because, you know, Lisa Murkowski is, of course, the name out of Alaska politics now with Don Young died. What do you make of that? That's an interesting question. I think Murkowski has always known that under ranked choice voting, she's going to do very well. I wrote an article for the Spectator World um, basically outlining how she doesn't really need the Alaska Republican Party to like her or or. Uh, endorse her in any sense um, in order to possibly win this election. And early polling says she's doing very well. Um, You know, Democrats are going to, Democrats that are supporting Piltola anyway are likely to give a first or second choice vote to Murkowski uh, because they know that she's a very crucial swing vote um, in the Senate there. And, um, you know, I think Piltola is getting a lot of cred for bipartisanship from this too. Uh, that, you know, Republicans looking at their representatives might say, gosh, I really don't like Sarah Palin. I don't really know about Nick Begich. Uh, but, you know, Paltolo's gotten this endorsement. Maybe she'll be able to work across the aisle. Um, and so that's that's, I think, the idea behind that strategy.
For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Sarah Montalbano joining us. Of course, a Young Voices contributor at Alaska Policy Institute. Love talking to her. She goes all the way back to our radio days before we were actually even doing her tell. You're one of my original radio guests. You've been around for a little while. <laughs> uh, let's talk about the ranked choice part of this for just a second, though. A lot of people endorse this as a theory. We talked about the practice of it was a little jacked up. All right, we have deemed you the election czar of ranked choice voting. Give us one or two things you would say that, uh, let's pick a state here. You're in Montana. Montana has decided to go to ranked choice voting. You're going to go, okay, but we saw what happened in Alaska. You need to make sure you fix what? Give us one or two of the top line items of what you got to make sure you get right if you're going to do ranked choice voting. That's an interesting question, too. The biggest problem with ranked choice voting is the fact that you can it's a political science question really rank ranking your favorite candidate higher can actually hurt them and that's not a good uh trait of any election system you don't want to have to think counterintuitively of well you know if i rank my candidate higher is that going to actually you know knock them out sooner or something like that um and so i would love to see you know, if we can't go back to one person, one vote, something like that. Um, if rank choice voting could be fixed that, you know, anytime you rank your candidate, your favorite candidates higher, that that's good for them. And that, that would be really something I'd like to see, because I think the, the strategizing that voters have to do uh, in order to really uh, mobilize and, and think strategically about this is too much. It's, it's yeah. not fair. Yeah, in your piece in The Spectator, you called it that it was unfair, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here for for brevity. You said it was unfair to have voters having to figure out game theory. If if we're going to have a basis system of one person, one vote, which has kind of been the foundational to representative democracy in America since the beginning, disenfranchise is too strong of a word. And by the way, Alaska chose, uh, y'all chose this. You wanted to do this. The state, nobody's, well, I mean, that's how elections work, though. You win or you don't. Yeah, Y'all chose to do this, but it does seem like, and I don't want to insult voters either, so we need to have a better way to discuss this, but you shouldn't have to have a scratch pad to go to vote for somebody, in my opinion, my humble but accurate opinion. You shouldn't, you know, flipping over a ballot to get to the other part of the ballot, that's, I mean, sometimes it's necessary. I know our municipal elections, we have to do that. That seems like it seems like we're adding stuff on the voter that's making it unfair to the voter to make the basic decision of who they want to vote for. Is that a fair way to put it? Absolutely. We need to think about that. Not only do voters have to do the research on all of these different candidates, they're not just coming out at the end and saying, this is the person I like. They have to decide how they rank these different people by preference. And, and that can sometimes be a very easy choice. Um, but that's that's not necessarily. And then you have to think about what's going on on the rest of the ballot. I mean, you're looking at 
judicial uh, seats, yes or no, a, a bunch of those. You're looking at ballot initiatives. You're looking at several different races, four candidates each. It just really starts to multiply the amount of research that voters have to do. Um, and sometimes that's not easily available to them. Um, you just get what you know is sent out in your ballot book. You know, this is what your candidate wants you to know. Uh, and so that's that's not always an easy process. And asking ranked choice voting to really not only do your research and figure out who you like the most, uh, but how you rank the rest of them. It's a difficult question. Yeah, Sarah Montalban joining us. Uh, you phrase this because you wrote this, you know, writing device, kind of talking to Nevada because Nevada is going to have this on the ballot. Nevada is very interesting. It's very much a swing state. It's a changing state. The demographics are changing. I know the state well. I lived in Las Vegas for several years. They're also an early primary state for both parties in the presidential elections. Okay. Now, now, Alaska getting it is one thing because Alaska, and I don't mean this insulting at all, it is a bit of an outlier. Y'all up there by yourself. You have different kind of politics. We're last to submit our votes. <laughs> yeah, but it's an but it's an outlier and it's not. Nevada is a big, big deal when you come to things like presidential elections. It's a big, I'm worried you're going to wind up if they, if they do this and they don't do it correctly. And Nevada's got some real challenges, I'll say, because, you know, it is Vegas and then it's the rest of the state. Um, and Reno to a little bit lesser extent. There's a lot of rural. The federal government owns like 80, 90 percent of the state of Nevada. It's a strange state politically. But. I'm really worried if they do a ranked choice system voting and then you go into a presidential year, we're going to get into a mess like we had in Iowa in 2020. Mm -hmm. Is that a fair concern to have? Is that something places like Nevada, Nevada, obviously the voters need to consider it, but if the voters decide to do this, the people that actually do elections are really going to have to bear down and make sure they have something that's operable and practical to make the election work. And that's what you're really driving at with trying to warn them, isn't it? Definitely. It's it's a huge logistical problem. And I would remind Nevada that if you're looking to be leading these things, Alaska, we didn't tabulate our results until two weeks after. And that's a pretty standard timeline for ranked choice voting uh, because you have to look at any hand counted ballots. You have to do at the actual tabulations. Um, so, you know, kiss election night results goodbye honestly. <laughs> yeah. And Nevada's coming from a, a challenge. yeah. And they're going to be coming from a caucusing system, which is what drove it. Cause they're like, we don't want to do a caucus anymore. They're going to be picking between an open primary and ranked choice voting. So it's not like a yes or no on ranked choice. They're going to be picking between the open primary as well, which by the way, has its own pros and cons. We'll save that for another time. Sarah Montalbano yes. joining us. Um, big picture though. Looks like Murkowski's pretty much entrenched for however long she wants to stay. There was a lot of, you know, because she fought with Trump and stuff, there was some back and forth about her being in danger. I think that's past now. Um, Don Young passed away, so obviously that's gone. Outside of Murkowski, though, what's the state of Alaska's politics? It's always been kind of contrarian. It's all It doesn't always neatly break down party lines. There's obviously that independent spirit streak that's required if you're going to live in Alaska in the first place. What's kind of the future politically of the state? It's not really a swing state. It's not really a blue-red state in the traditional sense. Just give people in the lower 48 a little sense of where you think this is going the next couple of years. Absolutely. Alaska tends to be fairly Republican in um, localities, in the governor, and, and a lot of you know different offices at the local level. Um, what we mostly see is that Anchorage 
drags along the rest of the state with um, blue, blue policies and um, politicians and stuff like that. And so it's it's not the maggot type republicanism because Alaska depends so much on natural resources and getting these federal um, getting these federal bills through that allow you know natural resource development and federal leases and things like that. And so you know any politician that wants to survive in DC uh, needs to kind of do what Don Young does did um, and you know bring home pork barrel projects that are necessary um, for Alaska. And so I don't think that's going to change. I think Murkowski, Peltola, whoever is eventually in these seats is going to have to do a lot of that. Um, and I don't see that changing. Is this the last we see of Sarah Palin on the state and national stage, you think? Oh, boy, I don't know. I think a lot of Alaskans hope that it is, um, but it is difficult. I just I'm not seeing the hard campaigning that she did for the special election. I'm not seeing so much of that in the lead up to November 8th um, coming up. But, you know, it's it's very possible that she'll disappear for 10 years. It's very possible that she will consider running for another office in 2024 or 2020. Six. Yes. Yeah. Six. <laughs> have to wait and see. One thing we know, we will continue to have Sarah Montabano on the program. We love talking to her. Uh, give folks a chance to follow you, what you've got going on, some of your writing you got going on, your Young Voices work, your policy work, till they see you again on her tell. Let them know how to keep up with you. Absolutely. You should find me at www.alaskapolicyforum.org. Uh, you'll find my writings about education. I'm actually an education policy analyst, not elections. Um, and uh, I, you can also find me on my Young Voices talent page where I'm the Northwest Regional Leader for Young Voices. Yeah, because there's nothing going on in education right now. We actually, I, I, we're going to have you back on to talk a little education because some of the new numbers that are coming out are just startling. But uh, it's election season, so you got to get the election out of the way. So you're doing good work doing double duty, my friend. Sarah Montabano, always enjoy talking. Thank you for the time today. It's a delight. Thank you. Yes, ma'am. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.